The content of this podcast is personal opinion of the hosts and guests and is not to be taken, interpreted, or perceived as medical advice on the practice of medicine. Who is the medical board? Because you'd okay. asked, and I just kind of like glazed over that. Uh-huh. Well, well, now we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. because Who, I, who are they? I think who, is <laughs> who is she? Who is she? Who is the Texas medical board? Oh. Hi, welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Aesthetic Anne, registered nurse and certified aesthetic nurse specialist. And I am your other host, Sarah. Yes. Welcome. Welcome Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you joining us. We're still in Sag season. Yeah, we are. That's right. Full on Sag. Take care of those people that have December birthdays. Yeah. Yeah, they get kind of... Left out. Not yeah. left out. They just get like lumped together. They have like, to do we a want two our for own one. Thing. We, we want our own thing. Yeah. We are our own person. We yes. were born on a different day than Christmas. Celebrate us differently. That's what all about I'm those that are celebrate that are born on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Mm, sucks for you. You are a December <laughs> Christmas birthday. Oh, goodness. Just kidding. Okay. So what are we... Let's jump in. What are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about the Texas Medical Board. You had asked a couple of questions. We, we, we dabbled in it. We were talking about the 193.17, the aesthetic ruling, how they were um, proposing that, and they were open for the 30-day comment period. We felt like that they were going to approve those at the December meeting. Well, they didn't. They pushed it off. Oh, until, okay. It looks like they're pushing it off until March. Okay. Um, we also discussed how Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is really pissed off with them because of yeah. the legislature and they passed something to protect consumers and patients in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And that goes into effect January 1st, 2020 and the medical board and their, you know, all knowing knowledge decided they were going to make some loopholes to get around that. So that really ticked them off. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of want to pick back up and talk about who is the medical board? Because you'd okay. asked, and I just kind of like glazed over that. Uh-huh. Well, well, now we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. because Who, I, who are they? I think who is she? <laughs> who is she? <laughs> who is the Texas medical board? Oh. Sorry, can't assume their gender. That's right. Okay, so how many people are on there? There are 19. Okay. Is this like uh, different groups of people? Is it like all doctors? Well, I believe that I answered last time when you asked who is it made up of, and I said it's all physicians. Uh-huh. Okay, Put it down on the calendar. First time in my life I was ever wrong. <laughs> Last podcast. It was on re- record. It I was know. recorded. It was recorded. That's the bad thing. Okay. I was not correct. It's made up of 19 different individuals. Nine of them are medical doctors. Three of them are DOs. So doctors of osteopathy. Okay. And What is that? We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Okay. One I just said okay, like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> one is a JD juris doctorate, which means they are an attorney. Okay, and um, one of the DOs actually has their MBA, so that's impressive. Cool, right? And then there's five business people. Now, out of those five business people, which I thought was interesting, that there's five business people on the medical board because I'm thinking it's everything about medical. Right? Okay. So it's five business people. Two of them are CEOs. One is a former police chief and is now a realtor. That's kind of weird. One is a sales director. Career hop. Yeah. (laughs) And one of them is a retired female lieutenant colonel 
from the army. Okay. I thought that was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, my assumption there, so that makes a lot of sense to me. My assumption there is she would be working in the best interest for veterans possibly, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever decisions and things are made regarding the medical board or maybe the, the VA having to do with VA hospitals and how things are done there. Mm-hmm. So it totally makes sense to me that there would be nine medical doctors mm-hmm. and three DOs. So you asked what a DO is. A DO is a doctor of osteopathy. Um, they, they just have a different train of thought when they go through their medical program. It's done a little bit differently. And osteopaths are more, they, they're not holistic and homeopathic they still use all of the medications and the drugs and things. But however, they do look a little bit beyond that. So they're more open to adopting those kinds of things. Okay. They're more open to like adopting acupuncture, mm-hmm. um, adopting massage, just adopting things like that, um, which now we're finding a lot of medical doctors are adopting those things too because now all of those practices they have done research and they've done studies and a lot of the, a lot of them are evidence based and so a lot of physicians don't want to do things that don't have evidence backing it up and I can understand that of course right of course my big question is the the business people you know like how can the business people lend information or knowledge or wisdom to the medical board because the medical board if they operate like other licensing boards they're usually overseeing those groups of people. So, for instance, mm-hmm. the Board of Nursing. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the first conferences I went to, and I'm glad that I was told this, because I thought, oh, the Board of Nursing, if I, if I ever have a complaint against my license or something, you know, I need to contact the Board of Nursing and they'll help me. <clears throat> no, that is not what happens. I was told that the Board of Nursing is not your friend, which is really sad because the Board of Nursing's job is they're an advocate for the public. So they'll always side with the patient. Well, you would think that they would be neutral and they would want the truth to come out. But in the 10 years that I've been in nursing, I have come to find that the Board of Nursing is more for... You're you're guilty until you're proven innocent. And so you don't... You are directed not to call the Board of Nursing. You're directed to actually, if you need representation, to get your representation. And your representation, usually an attorney, will go with you to the Board of Nursing. And you will answer to whatever they're they're investigating you for. kind of sounds like um, a club where the heads of the club don't want the members to make them look bad. So it's like if you do anything wrong, it's like, get out of here. Like, we don't want you in here. Yeah, that's basically what it's like. <laughs> well, that's really interesting because cosmetologists are governed by TDLR and they're like, I guess, come across and the way that they um, like interact with their members, like other cosmetologists, is is it, they have very high standards. It's like a club that's really hard to get into. The testing is extremely difficult, but it's very like pro-cosmetologists and like they're advocates for like higher education, like continued education and like helping you like relocate jobs if you're like wanting to like move states. Like oh, really? That's they, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, they have connections to help you either if it's a state that has higher standards than that, they will get you the proper education and help you test for that and everything. Oh, that's cool. So like once you're in, you're in. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, with nursing, it's way different. <laughs> once you're in, 
good luck. You may be in or you may be not. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, good luck. Well, that's interesting because with the medical board, I would think that it would be a little bit more like the nursing board, mm-hmm. um, but it's not. I think it's more like TDLR. Mm-hmm. And in fact, actually, let's a little side note here on TDLR. It has come to my attention, so public service announcement, it has come to my attention that there are there is a certain movement going on in Texas right now of trying to eliminate cosmetologists being licensed. What? Yeah. I haven't heard of this. Yes. I've I've actually spoken to a couple of cosmetologists in the last month and um, I did hear about this back in the summer, but really didn't think much of it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like an actual thing. It's yeah, it's an actual thing. They're they are looking at doing away with a cosmetology license, and and I, and I'm not being facetious. Like I'm not being funny because like with with injectables, they're looking at allowing cosmetologists to come in to injectables mm-hmm. and start allowing to inject and stuff like that. Um, which I don't agree with because you need physiology and anatomy and a lot of medical stuff. However, um, with a cosmetology license, there's a lot that goes on there too, and that's a lot of public safety. I mean, you're working with chemicals that can that can harm people. Yeah. And if they don't know what's how to use those chemicals properly, it could be bad, right? Yeah. Just think about if someone didn't have a license, like there's so there's a year of training that you have to go through. I would really say there's about six months of education that you go through and then another six months of putting that education into practice. But there's a lot that cosmetologists are expected to do and know that, that need training like chemicals and working with, I mean, beyond just a bad haircut, like safety. I think people are looking at it like it's a bad haircut, big deal. No, there's a lot more. No, there's, there's a lot. I mean, even down to just like, if you, this may might be a silly example, but even down to the simplest, like if you cut your finger while you're cutting someone's hair, like you need to be held accountable with the knowledge of like going and washing your hands and putting a Band-Aid and putting a glove on and like sanitizing your tools and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. So with the medical board, I think it's more of they kind of protect each other mm. and they kind of keep it under wraps and stuff. What I did find interesting is um, one of the it, one of the medical doctors on the medical board. His name is Jason Tibbles, T I B B E L S, and he is the chief quality officer for Teladoc. Well, Teladoc is a large telemedicine company. Mm-hmm. The medical board was trying to say, you know, you you can't do telemedicine here in the state of Texas, uh-huh. and um, you can't see a person over a computer while they sit at their home and they're sick and contagious and you need to make them come in your office and look at them in person. Well, Teladoc, that's what they do. And a lot of insurance companies to make healthcare more affordable for individuals, um, a lot of like Aetna and Humana and United Healthcare, all those insurance companies were taking on telemedicine as a benefit for their healthcare plan mm-hmm. and make it a lot less expensive. Well, Texas was like one of the only states that was not allowing that to happen. So Texas was like, no, excuse me, a doctor has to, you can call in a doctor, <laughs> but a nurse has to be there on site. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Or you got to go in and see your physician or whatever, right? Yeah. So, um, that so is so old school thinking, like yeah. of all the things to really like become in the new age technology and all that, uh, that, that is so frustrating yeah. that people think, oh, you have to do it this way because that's how we've always done it. Yeah. 
Well, so Teladoc sued the medical board and they won. Good for them, girl. Get that coin. Good for them. <laughs> so, so it's kind of interesting that I guess that they've made up with Teladoc. They're all kissy, kissy and goody, goody, I guess now with Teladoc because Dr. Jason Tibbles, who is the chief quality officer for Teladoc, is now part of the medical board. Well, who knows? Maybe he was I part of the medical great. board and they sued him. He was like, okay, I'm going to come over and I'm going to help y'all with this or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. However it worked out, I think that's great because obviously now he can give the medical board insight, Yes. right, as to how to continue into the 21st century since we're already 20% into the 21st century. Right. Right? So let's... Let's not drag our wagon and wheels into the 21st century. Yes. So, so when we ask who the medical board is made up of, that's, that's who it's made up of. We've got basically nine MDs, three DOs, uh, one attorney, and five business people. Mm-hmm. So then... It's a good mix of people. It is a good mix, but I, I still have that question. You know, how do the business people, how do they lend to the medical board? Because the medical board's job is oversight their number one job is oversight of physicians. Right. Like what are their licenses? To, so what do they, yeah. What do they bring to the table? Yeah. What do they bring to the table when a physician is brought up on charges of negligence or, um, you know, improper practice of medicine or, you know, being impaired in the OR, yeah. um, but things that, things that are important that they could lose their license. I'm kind of wondering how they lend to that because they're, it, the medicine until I became a nurse, which is my it is my second career. Um, medicine is just a completely different animal. Yeah, I could see them serving as a uh, you know the purpose of like a jury, kind of like being on the people's side. They're business people, so they're probably very smart, very well off, but they're also like the common people that they offer a perspective and a sense of this is how the world works without being too close f- to the you know, the source of the problem or whatever. Yes, absolutely. You're right. So one of the things that you can do is you can Google Texas Medical Board and they do have uh, frequently asked questions. So you can Google Texas Medical Board FAQs and it will bring up some frequently asked questions and they have questions on there about, you know, my physician profile says licensure status none. Does that mean my physician does not have a Texas license? Um, there's some good information on there I encourage people to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, another another thing I want to just kind of bring up as we head out of here, there is another podcast that I'm going to promote. It's called Dr. Death. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> and th- they do a much better job describing why the why medical boards and things like that are so important. And they talk about a specific case. And, and there's... So when I say that... My perception is the medical board in Texas kind of protects their own. I know of several cases that physicians are still practicing and in my opinion should not be. Uh And so this podcast called Dr. Death uh, talks about it follows one physician and he was responsible for the death of I know over 10 people. I'm thinking up to 20 people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Before he got his license taken away? Yeah. Or he's still... Going? Well, yes, before he finally got it taken away. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, so that's why I say my perception uh-huh. is that they pretty much protect each other. And, you know, but that's that's the way it is. So it's, it's for the consumer to decide. Yeah. So you can actually Google Texas Medical Board and licensure, and you can look up your physician, check on their license, 
and you can see if they've ever had any, um, you know, restrictions on their license. You can see if they've ever had any um, like disciplinary criminal report. Yeah, disciplinary actions. Um, but you know, there you go. And and again, I suggest maybe to get further into this. If you're really interested, listen to Doctor Death. It will be very eye opening. Yeah. So. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. This was a quick one, a short one, but hopefully it was helpful. Thank you so much for following us and reaching out to us. Leave us a five-star review. If you have any like comments, you know, you can comment on this, but you got to leave a review. So why not hit five stars? Always follow us. You can look us up on Instagram as Aesthetic and RN, Sarah A. Odell. There's an H in that, Sarah. And if you like want to reach out to us for anything, you can always hit us up on our uh, email, which is aestheticandrn at gmail.com. Make sure you share this with your friends, and we will be back at the start of the new year. Start of the new year. This is our last podcast of the decade, our last one of this year. So we will be back Woo-woo. freaking fresh in 2020. Yeah, we'll be doing, I think we're going to be doing some exciting things like maybe a little travel show. Yeah, but we'll, we'll keep you guys guessing. We'll get that in the future. We will talk to you in 2020. Have an awesome day. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye-bye, guys.